For anyone that's making less than a million dollars top line in their business, don't do anything else. Just focus on that one thing. Sell that one thing or that those two offers in the gym or those two offers that you have or three offers that you have for online. Don't dabble in anything else. Stay focused. Keep doing the things that you need to do and get better at your craft until you get to that million dollar mark. Hey, what's up, friends? I'm Vince Del Monte, father, husband, and the OG of online fitness marketing. For more than a decade, I've been committed to helping skinny guys pack on muscle. And after building multiple seven-figure online fitness businesses, I've achieved freedom and financial security through mentorship, hard work, and my passion for fitness. And I wanna help you do the same. Recently, I've built the best mastermind coaching program that exists for fitness professionals by giving you the shortest no BS path to grow to six, seven, and even eight figures regardless of your starting level. My coaching was designed to give you the skills, systems, and support to become an industry mover and shaker and build the business and life of your dreams. Hey, welcome back everyone to the Vince Del Monte podcast. I'm here with a new buddy of mine, Kale Owen, and today we're a uh, going to dig into all things gyms, the dark side of the industry, where you need to be focused uh, if you're looking to grow your gym business and uh, his whole story leading up to, uh, you know, manning the ship over at um, Gym Launch with him and his wife. I'm really excited. Kale, welcome. Thanks, man. I appreciate being here. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Tell me your story. You know, I'd love to hear your uh, personal professional upbringing, how you got into the gym business and uh, how you got to where you're at now. Yeah, for sure. I'll try to keep it as brief as possible. Um, so I grew up, uh, I was actually random thing. I was homeschooled my entire life. I first class I ever went to was freshman year in college. Uh, at the age of eight, I watched the Yankees play and I watched this guy named Derek Cheater play shortstop. And I was like, I want to do that. And that is what I want to do. And I had a singular focus from the age of eight to really 23 when I got released from the Phillies to just play baseball. Like I wanted to be the starting shortstop or play professional baseball at the highest level that I could. And I chased that dream and I sacrificed a ton growing up and ended up playing in high school down here in Florida. Went to college here in Florida as well, played four years of college and then signed as a free agent in the Phillies organization. I, I say that I got a cup of coffee in the, in professional ball. Um, and ended up making it to high A for literally one game, which is amazing. Um, I can say that I hit 333 in, in high A ball, um, which a lot of guys can't say, but I had the opportunity to play and um, learn that side of the, the business aspect of baseball. And I got a chance to, to play professionally and actually get paid to play, which is really cool. And that was a dream of mine. Didn't reach the level that I wanted to, but through that journey, being the the kid that I was, I was always the smallest kid. I was always, I was fast, but I was always the smallest. Um, I was undersized. A lot of people didn't think that I had the ability to play well at the next level. Um, they were like, cool, you could probably play college maybe, but professionals is out. You're too small. You don't weigh enough. Um, you don't have enough power, all that stuff. And so at the age of 13, I started recognizing this and just looking at genetics. I'm like, I don't really have the things that are needed to play at the highest level. And I became obsessed with um, sports performance and training, strength mm-hmm. training, power, power development, um, and how that can translate onto the field, um, no matter what type of field it is. And that started an obsession of mine over the course of the next, really, I've been in it since then. Um, whether it's in the, the side of just training for myself, training other people or helping other gym owners be able to reach more people and change more lives. So at the age of 23, I got released, ended up getting another job right after um, in behavior 
we were doing disc, uh, I worked for a company that did disc assessments and we did online training and stuff. But while that was happening, I had um, a buddy of mine who ended up becoming a business partner and I became a minority owner in a gym in West Chase, Florida. And we started growing that, attempting to grow that. Didn't know anything about business. We just loved training. We loved um, helping people. Didn't really know a ton about making money. And we, the only thing that we were really good at was getting exceptional results. Like we were really good at just getting exceptional results for not just like anybody walking in, but also athletes. We worked with high school, college, and professional athletes. And we had to help them perform better on the field, stay healthy, all this stuff. And through that time, it was a massive struggle. I made almost no money. Recently, newly married, um, struggled with all of this, and then had the opportunity from there. I got approached by a couple buddies of mine in St. Augustine, Florida, across the state, to come over and start a gym. Took a while before I said yes. Um, ended up saying yes, coming over, starting a gym. That was in 2015 we started. And um, two years later, we were looking at shutting our doors because I had not learned from the previous mistakes I'd made. Didn't spend enough time in marketing. Didn't understand the game. Um, knew still how to make changes with people. I'd been in other masterminds and other groups and just had not been able to put into action any of the lessons or learn from the lessons that I had learned and uh, or that I'd gone through. The, the struggles that I'd gone through. And then one day I just ended up um, in, I was on a call in a mastermind and they brought Alex Ramosi on. And I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. He just opened his mouth, started talking. I was like, this guy knows what he's talking about. So what's funny is that mastermind was for online fitness and I still had a brick and mortar. I had a three-year lease left at all this stuff, but I got on there and my online was actually working well. I was making good money on there. The problem was is that that was floating my business over here. So I actually wasn't taking home any more money. So the money I made there was just being siphoned over to keep the gym alive. So in 2017, I ended up signing up with Gym Launch. And I mean, th things were so bad at this point, man, that I got in 2017, two months before or a month and a half before I signed up with Gym Launch, I went and got a job. Like I was, <laughs> I had a job with a marketing agency. I was selling for them. They're a local company, amazing company. And just put food on the table. And then, dude, I got a 60K base salary and I thought I was the richest person in the world. Hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, I can breathe. Like I've got a one-year-old daughter and soon to find out that I have another one on the way. And I was like, we're good. My wife is going to be taken care of. We're set. And then fast forward, just like a month later, we signed up with Gym Launch, talked with Layla, then Alex, joined Gym Launch. I think it was like the 13th person to join in 2017 when he started his kind of new format instead of flying out to gyms. He was teaching people how to do it mm. and um, ended up just crushing it. We made more in 10 days than we had in the previous nine months in the business. And we went from there to just massively scaling our business to the point where in eight months we were out of the gym, ha not having to run it. We were not in the every everyday side. Um, and then a year later, I joined Gym Launch as a sales guy. So I ended up just ground floor doing sales and a couple months later became a sales manager and then uh, I would say about eight to nine months later, became a coaching manager and helped build a team of coaches. And then from there, 2020, before everything just shut down, we uh, I became GM in January of 2020 and was GM for two years before um, Alex and Layla sold majority, sold to American Pacific Group, a, a private equity firm out of California, sold to them. And then um, I got moved up to CEO, hmm. the CEO position. So in less than four years, went from a sales guy to CEO, which is a crazy ride. You got to learn a lot. Um, I mean, I think the two years during COVID for gym owners and for us was really the, I was telling our team the other day, we had a strat meeting and it was 
Like it's, you don't really know hard until you go through that. Hmm. And it was just every day just trying to survive, right? On the online side, that's picking up, that's blowing up all that stuff. But when gym owners are told, hey, you're not even allowed to be open, right? And it's illegal to help people become healthier. It becomes pretty hard. And so we learned a lot. I was tested a ton, grew a ton, and then got the opportunity to become CEO. And since then, been CEO, I have the honor and pleasure of working with my wife, who's number two in the biz. She's VP of ops and has been since uh, we sold. So we have a really unique dynamic relationship and um, it's pretty cool, man. It's been a crazy ride since then. I got a lot of questions before I jump in. Um, give me a day in the life. Just, I know you got some kids, you know, wife, like just walk me through a typical day, morning to night, just to kind of lay the land. Yeah, it's perfect. Most days are pretty much the same. Um, so wake up. Usually at, I wake up, I don't sleep very well. So I'm pretty much up at like 3.30 or 4, just naturally. Um, that's I think that a lot of that is just from years of being in the gym. I just, I can't turn it off. And I'm thinking about the biz or thinking about something and I'm up. I do way better than most, than my wife with less sleep. So I'm used to it. So I'm usually up around 3.34. I'm usually reading or doing something in the morning. And then we go to the gym together at um, roughly like 5, 5.30. And so we're in the gym for about an hour, hour and a half, because it's the only time we really have to work out um, with the family. We've got two kids, both under the age of 10. And then um, we go, we, we come back, we take the dog for a walk, literally just have time to you know get ready for the day together. And then we take get our kids ready, we take them to school, drop them off. We're in to, uh, our office here um, in St. Augustine by like 8, 8.15, start the day. And then we're usually wrapping up around 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern just because of kids and they have sports and they have everything going on. And we go pick them up, take them to sports, take them to a CrossFit class, take them to their practice, whatever it is during the week. And then afterwards, we're hanging out with them for a little bit, make sure they have time. We have time together as a family, having dinner, spending time together playing board games or just, just being together. And then if we are in a busy season of work, we're working after that. So like by seven o'clock, Maggie and I will probably be working again. The kids are kind of winding down, chilling, doing whatever. Um, and we're working again. If not, we're, we're spending more time with them and then going to bed. But like right now, 2024 is for us is going to be a very busy season for us. Lots of work. We have lots of projects that we have to do. So I foresee a lot of early work and late work across the board. What was the dynamic like uh, with you and Maggie in terms of like, did you have a vision? Hey, we should do this together and like kind of pulling her along or, and she's like, okay, I'm going to, you know, you're, you know, this is what a wife does, supports her husband. Or were you like, were you both like on the same page with like the vision? How did that, how did that look? Yeah. I always had a vision of like what I, not really exactly what I wanted, but I knew that I wanted to be in some sort of business and I wanted to make money. That was like, for me, I was like, I want to do that. The vehicle for me in the beginning was I connected what I really loved and enjoyed and got a lot of fulfillment through. And that was training people and helping them achieve success in their own life physically and mentally. And I took that and used that to be able to make money. And then Maggie loved training. So she was uh, a CrossFit trainer back in the day. She loved lifting. She did Olympic weightlifting. She competed, all that stuff. And from really the beginning, we wanted to be in business together. Mm -hmm. And our business took off when we started working together. Because up until 2017, she really wasn't in the business that much because she was literally just bartending, trying to help put food on the table. Mm -hmm. And in 2017, that switched and she was able to quit after about a month of us being in gym launch and she was able to come in full time. And that's when the business really blew up because we were able to tag team and use our strengths together 
learn how to communicate together, learn how to work together and use those to catapult the business forward. And then when I joined Gym Launch a year before her, she started seeing what was happening in Gym Launch and she really wanted to be a part of it as well. And there was an opening for her. So she came on board and, you know, I'm blessed. She, she is someone that just is incredible. She has these natural abilities, uh, especially when it comes to operations and finding constraints in the business from an operational standpoint, fixing them. She understands efficiencies. And she also has been very hungry to learn. And she basically, she was mentored by Layla. Um, mm-hmm. And she was, she reported to her. She worked with her just like I worked with Alex and Layla for years. And she has learned so much throughout the process. And now together, you know, our goal is as a vision, as a family is number one, you know, we have our faith. So that comes first. The second thing for us is we need to be our best. We need to be aligned at the top between the two of us on all things, because nothing else matters outside of that. Because if we're not aligned, then it's going to be hard on the kids. We're not going to show up best for our teams. So we make sure we're aligned. We make sure we put our relationship first, then our kids, and then the business. And we both have the same vision of wanting to grow this portfolio of companies that we have. We have three that we're managing now to grow and be able to get to hopefully a very profitable exit at some point in the near future. And what kind of uh, boundaries would you guys um, set some practical things? Yeah. So we have quite a few things. So one of the simplest things, if you're married or you're in a couple we talk about these things called cheat codes. And that is where you sit down and you have a discussion first, then you each have a piece of paper. You go off on your own, be private. And basically the discussion is around what I'd like to do is I want to serve you best. I want to be the best husband or wife for you. And there's this quote that talks about uncommunicated expectations are premeditated resentments, right? Mm. And our goal is to make sure that we clearly and explicitly communicate our needs, our desires, all these things that help us feel loved, right? Because how many times do you live in this gray area with someone that you're with and you're not having the hard conversations or maybe the uncomfortable conversations around the things that you feel like you need to feel loved, respected, appreciated, all these things from your spouse or significant other. And we sat down in 2017, 2018, actually, we wrote these down and we had a very open conversation about these expectations and they change over the season, right? The same ones that we had then aren't applicable today because changes as you grow and as things happen, as you have more kids or business grows, things like that. But what it did was it allowed us to both understand the things that make both of us feel loved and appreciated. It left no room for any gray area. And we were able to then create clear boundaries for what we wanted. And those change again through seasons. Like we have we have marital boundaries when it comes to like communication with the opposite sex. We have um, business boundaries in the sense of like, and family. So like this is family time, this is business time. Um, and we understand all those. And that only comes from us being very explicit in our communication. And what's really cool is that, and it's helped us a ton, I think, this is why I think people in business together, it's a superpower for couples. And the reason why is because business requires you to be logical. You can't be emotional in business, right? And when you take that same level of communication and logic into a relationship, you can still have all the romance and all the emotion and passion that you have. But when you blend it with the logical communication framework, it creates an opportunity to where you can really have very open conversations. You can hold each other accountable and you can then take your relationship to the next level because you're not hiding behind emotions or this gray area of like, well, I thought you were supposed to take 
you know, I want you to take out the trash. Why aren't you taking out the trash? I'm so frustrated. And it's like, you never told me that you wanted me to take out the trash. Yeah. Right. You just like, it was never said. Right. And all those little things, right. It's like dripping water. It just like starts to add up over time and it starts to erode over like the relationship. It creates all these resentments. And it's those little things that matter. And our, our goal and our, our commitment to each other was to never let that happen. Mm. We wanted to make sure that we're always clear and we communicate everything. That's really that good. We need it together. It, it sounds like common sense, but uh, oftentimes, yeah, people do try the mind reading thing or, you know, people, I love the quote, people don't understand your disappointment if they don't understand your expectations. You said it way fancier, but it's so true. Um, that's really great. I mean, I love that vision of being a super couple, having that type of communication, keeping it open, honest. You need that. It is really essential. Um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on the industry as a whole right now. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that you got, uh, you know, uh, mentored and works uh, very closely with Alex and Layla and, uh, you know, they're like icons in the industry right now. And, you know, we're, we're kind of joking around. I love Alex and Layla and they put out such phenomenal content, but they've kind of normalized the concept of like, everyone can build a 20 to $30 million business. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you're, they don't say it, but like, it almost feels like you're a loser if you can't. And, um, what are your thoughts on where the industry is going in terms of like, you know, how you need to show up and, you know, some of the things you need to be careful of if you've got ambition and you want to grow that could, um, you know, really maybe hurt you personally. Yeah. I think you need to understand, you, under, you have to understand the mathematics around the industry that you're in and the opportunity that you're in. So we speak to gym owners, so I'll just speak to that, right? And help with a lot of different businesses as well. But if you're a gym owner, you got to understand the world that you're living in. The average gym in twenty in 2022 did $326,000 top line in revenue in the year. And so when you take out expenses and everything else, the average gym owner, okay, so here's oh, the average studio owner, this is a study done by Two Brain, and the average studio owner, this is with ad backs of insurance, car payments, phone, everything else. They took home $3,900 a month. That was the average, right? And so that means half are doing worse and half are doing better. The problem is, is that we as humans believe we're always going to be the exception to the rule. Problem is, is that the marketplace doesn't care and math doesn't care. So the exceptional gym owner with one location can do, depending on the model, can do anywhere between take home of 500000 including salary and profit, to maybe a million dollars, depending on the size of the gym and the type of gym, maybe. That's one location. And the problem is, is that if you want to scale and make more money, you typically will need some other vehicle to be able to do that. So if you're looking to be a millionaire in gyms, you're going to need multiple locations, which requires a totally different skill. And you are not a gym owner. You are a true business owner at this point. And mm -hmm. I mean a true business owner because it takes a level of skill and ability that you will never find in just a regular gym owner. You have to become someone different in order to do that. Yeah. And you will not be on the floor. You will never coach or train someone if you want to get to that level ever. You are now, think of it like you see the guy in the suit in the NBA, you're that if you want to scale and do that. I'm not saying you have to wear a suit and do all that stuff, but like that's the level that you have to be to scale. And I think it's, be, it's just, we have to take a step back in the industry if you want to get to that point, because I agree, It's I think it's, Alex and Layla obviously want to empower people to have this belief that they can do that. And there are a lot of people that take that and they grow and they scale and they do amazing work. But there's also this other thing on social media where everyone's like, cool, I can get the Lambo. I can have all the money. I can get the watch, the girls, if you're not married or do whatever and the houses and all this stuff. 
And I should, why am I not making a million dollars from my gym? And it's like, the math just doesn't work. Mm. Like you just, you don't charge enough. You don't have good profit margins. You pay too much to your trainers and you have poor culture. You can't attract new clients. You don't make enough when they sign up. Your LTV to CAC sucks. Like all these different metrics, it's just not a big enough opportunity for a lot of gym owners. Now, that was all doom and gloom. Yeah. The good part about it is that, you know, if you're fine with taking home a hundred to three hundred thousand dollars a year, that is a hundred percent doable. So if you are totally cool with that and not having to be in your gym and on the floor sixty hours a week, you can definitely do that with the right system, the right model, a lot of work, but you can absolutely get there. Um, but yeah, I agree. I mean, I think social media as a whole has set unrealistic expectations, I think, for entrepreneurs and founders and business owners, period. Because the the ability, man, dude, it's, I mean, you know it. It is so hard to create a business that does even $30 million top line, 20 million. It's so hard to make a business that does a million dollars top line. Yeah. Like it is so difficult. I mean, we've worked with 5,000 gyms, over 5,000 gyms since 2016. It's, most gym owners don't make it to a million. They don't have the skill set, they don't have the ability, and they can't replicate what's needed. And the exception to the rule is the million dollar gym. So, what is the allure, if you will? Like, I remember having a conversation with my boss, Murray Middlemost, and he owned, um, you know, mom and pop gym, Phoenix Fitness, Hamilton, Ontario. And that's where I kind of built my name. You know, I took it from two trainers to 15 trainers. I was the fitness consultant. So, it was my job to sell everybody. And they just brought me coffee all day. I loved it because I worked on a, a scale of like anywhere from five to 20% commission if I hit a certain amount. And he let me write my own paycheck. And I told him, I said, Murray, I want to do what you do. And he said, why? And he said, do you know how much I spend every month? And back then it was um, uh, postcards. You put a lot of postcards in the mail and uh, just to get people to walk into the gym. And I didn't appreciate the marketing side and goes, you've got it better than I do. So, you know, just, I love the concept like of having my own gym. I sometimes still think about it. Like maybe one day I'm going to open up a sick, sick gym and use it for own personal use and let people fly in and run events in there. But um, I guess... You know, what's, what do you, what, do, what would you say to somebody who's like trying to figure out like, should I go for the gym business or should I go online? Because there's like, I mean, online's just as hard. I mean, what's your, do you feel like people like you have to be all in on the gym or can you do both? What's your experience with the guys who hit the million dollar level? Yeah. You have to be fully focused on one thing. So if you want to go online, go all in on online. And like you work obviously with online and building that. And that is absolutely possible to do that. Um, it is very hard though, because you're dealing in your TAM is larger. So your total addressable market is larger because you're not bound by a radius around your location. However, you're also, you're fighting against tens of thousands of other people trying to do the same thing. So how do you stand out? Hmm. Right. Um, and then also there's an aspect of churn when you're not seeing people in person, you really have to make sure you have the right systems in place when you're online and you're providing the best experience to reduce churn, which will affect your LTV, which will affect revenue, all this stuff. On the brick and mortar side, you know, I'm a big fan of, obviously we work with gym owners. I like the, the authority that comes with the brick and mortar on that side, but at the same time, like you have to be fully focused on there. Anytime one of our gym owners or clients or myself or anyone gets distracted, we start to see their business go down. Hmm. And so someone's like, I'm going to dabble in meal plans or like delivery meal. We're going to just make pre-made meals or we're going to do 
online. We're going to do all this stuff. And it's they're making currently $300,000 a year, top line, taking home maybe twenty, thirty, fifty thousand $50,000 a year. And they're like, if I do this, I can add an extra whatever and take home. Problem is, is that they add this not realizing that it's like having another kid. Your kids take 100% of, each one takes 100% of your time, hmm. right? And attention. So it's not like you can just, hey, measure it and do all this stuff. When you go and do this, it's another baby that you now have to all of your time and effort. It's a new startup. You have to do that while also managing this. And if you can't, if you don't have the systems in place, you don't have the team in place, and you don't have a track record of being a great leader and the skill set that comes with that, it's going to be very hard. And in my opinion, impossible to do both at the same time. So mm-hmm. for anyone out there, you're on online, stick with online, go all in, like just do that. Don't get distracted by anything else. If you're in the gym, just do that really, really well. For anyone that's making less than a million dollars top line in their business, don't do anything else. Just focus on that one thing. Sell that one thing or that those two offers in the gym or those two offers that you have or three offers that you have for online. Don't dabble in anything else. Stay focused. Keep doing the things that you need to do and get better at your craft until you get to that million dollar mark. And then if you're not needed in the business and it doesn't require you, cool. Now we can have a chat about what's next. That's what we tell people too online. You only need one offer. All of our top students who've got to a million a year have scaled with just literally one offer. No downsells, no ascension, just like scale one really good offer. That's what I did too. Um, question, what is the model these days for the gym? Like back in the day, my boss was all about like personal training sales. Is that like still the thing? Like, but how do you get to the million dollar level? You know, if I was going to open up a gym today and like, where would you get me to focus? Yeah. Depends on the type of gym, right? So if you want to do a health club, like big box style, that has its own thing right there. That gives you my suggestion on that. I'll stick with that real quick. If you're doing a health club and you want to start that today, I there's really cool opportunities here to be able to compete with Planet Fitnesses out there while also making more money. You can't really be, in my opinion, if I was going to start, if you have your general membership, just basic access over $40, it's very hard to compete in my opinion, because how do you differentiate yourself? Now you're going to have to add on new things and other things that are going to eat into your margins. I think it's actually better to create a less expensive front-end general access membership. But what you need to do then is you have to be exceptional, just like you were. You have to be exceptional at selling semi-private or PT. My opinion, semi-private's better. Um, you get a higher margin for the time that you're in because you can charge almost close to or similar prices in the PT and get four to five people in that session and you can just do them around the clock. 30 minutes or 45 minutes or hour, however you want to do it. You do that. You have to maximize your product sales, your supplements, your apparel, all that stuff. And you have to do it in a choreographed manner. You need to do internal plays with all of your clients to use it to upsell them into semi-privates. It requires really just an entire model that's systematized from the very beginning of someone walking through the door. How are they being sold? What are they being sold into? If they're not sold into the higher level, you need to have a plan to be able to get them back in to have a conversation and get them to then ascend into semi-private. Um, and then you really have to make sure that you, for a health club model, you have to take the studio approach of knowing everyone's name, which sounds impossible, but you need to do it. You need to know everyone's name. You need to know what they're doing. You need to have more data around that type of client and consumer to understand when are they coming in? How often are they coming in? What do they like to buy? And then retarget them with the things that they want to get them to keep purchasing. Um, that's on the health club side. I think there's lots of opportunities on the health club side. I think a lot of health club owners just focus on their general membership, their general access memberships, and they leave semi-private PT, internal plays, other Ascension things. They leave it off to the side and they don't touch it because it's complicated. 
or they can't find the right person to manage those. But when you get the right sales, like Vince, you're a perfect example. You get the right salesperson in, you can blow that thing up yeah. like crazy. Oh, yeah. You get the right person in, you incentivize them the right way. You can create a lot of wealth through health clubs by doing that. Yeah. On the studio side, you need to bake a cake. We talk about the wedding cake gym profit model. You need to have a base of large group training. You need to create this base of anywhere between 150 to 200 members. Once you get to 150 members, you want to introduce if you have the space and you should be able to do this depending on the space, but you should, you want to introduce semi-private training. So semi-private training would be the next step layer of the cake. So you got your base layer of large group, then the next layer is semi-private. And that semi-private is typically going to be anywhere between two and a half to four times the monthly amount of a large group. And so you're going to get a small percentage or a decent percentage of your clients on there. Super high margin. Just keep doing that. By this point, if you have those two and you're somewhere around the 150 to 250 member mark, you're close to a million dollars a year just by then. Mm. You're doing probably 60 to 75, maybe maybe even 83, $85,000 a month. The other aspects of that is like everyone should be on supplements or products because if they're not buying it from you, they're buying it from someone else and they should be buying it from you because you're the trusted source. So you should be the one that's providing that. And every time you have someone going out and spending money on something that you can provide, that is money being stripped away from your wallet and your bank account. So you should be the one to provide that. You also are the best person to provide that because as a trusted source, you know what's best for the client and you do what's best. Instead of going to GNC and having some like 19-year-old dude selling them on a whole bunch of stuff they don't need, you can actually give them the stuff that they need and not sell them. Um, internal plays, so things to increase community, constant internal plays or events are huge because it creates that sense of community. It brings more people together. It's great for referrals, great for friends. Um, and then the last piece is what we call custom nutrition and accountability. It's a bolt-on and it's something for the clients that want more. They want more nutrition. They want custom macros. They want a little bit more accountability and that can be a bolt-on to add more revenue. But at the end of the day, the business basics stay the same, right? Two ways to grow the business. You can get more clients or you can um, keep them longer. And keeping them longer makes them worth more. Yeah. Right. You get them to pay more, you get them to stay longer, all those things. So the problem I think with most gyms that we see is that they just focus on the fitness aspect when, and this is for any gym owners listening. I love you guys. I'm talking because I was this way. We think our fitness is great, but it's really not. It's not scalable. If I threw you a hundred new members today, would you be able to provide the exact same experience, which is exceptional for every single person? Right? Could you guarantee that you could get exceptional results if I gave you 100 new members today that paid you $700, $1,000? Could you actually get them exceptional results, every single one of them, right now, all onboarded at the same time? And I think the answer that most people would say is no. They don't have the ability to do that. right? And that's because they don't have an onboarding process and an actual client journey that sets the client up for success and that's repeatable. I can fit different people into the system. The system keeps running. Right. And I can make sure mm. that I get clients with amazing results. I can make sure that they feel like they're a part of a community and that they feel loved and they want to stay. So when you look at those two, that's kind of where it's at. I know you got an event coming up soon too. Definitely want to hear about that for gym owners and that. And what are some of the things you're going to caution them about? You know, stuff that doesn't work anymore. You know, if I'm looking to get into the game or I'm showing up to your event for the first time, what stuff do I need to be, uh, you know, in our world, a lot of people get lured in by, ads way too early. Um, they get lured in by a, like a low ticket funnel way too early. And for me, these are just tools in a toolbox. It's, you know, it's not if they're right or wrong. It's like, when have you earned them yet? Uh, what kind of stuff do you 
kind of say, hey, this stuff is just a distraction. This is where you need to stay focused. I think you kind of touched on most of it, but just to kind of hammer it home in terms of stuff like, guys, this stuff, like don't mess around with this stuff right now. Yeah. Let me, I guess I'll say it from this standpoint. What methods, all methods can work only if the business model is the right one, right? So a perfect example of this is like a method in uh, nutrition would be like, a method would be like, cool, we're going to do intermittent fasting, or you could use keto, or you could use any other type of um, macros, whatever you want, any type of dieting format, um, you could use that. That's a method. The thing is the model that works and that makes all of those work is caloric deficit. If you're not in a caloric deficit, none of those methods work. So same thing in business. If you want to attract new clients, ads definitely work and can work. They can also not work if you have the wrong offer, you're not set up for success, you can't get those leads to actually show up and you can't close them. Ads can definitely work. So can organic content and that approach. So can affiliates and those partnerships. So can sending out mailers, direct mailers can work, right? But if you don't have the right business model in place to take those leads and those people, turn them into high paying, not just general membership, not just low paying, actual high paying clients, it's going to be very hard to succeed in today's world. And the problem is I think that most people get distracted by this one new thing. Cool. TikTok ads are like, we can do TikTok ads. And it's like, yeah, but who cares? If I give you a thousand leads, and you can't get them to show up, you don't know how to work them and you don't know how to close them and then you don't know how to fulfill them, what good is it? You're just gonna be drowning in leads and you're gonna say, TikTok ads don't work. Right. They don't work. They don't work in my market. My market's different, my gym's different. I close everybody. Well, it's like, no offense, but all you do is get three referrals a month and you close two out of three and you're like, I'm a great closer. It's like, sure, yeah, you should be. But can you actually take someone who's never heard of you clicked on an ad or saw a mailer or did whatever and walked in and can you take them and turn them into a $600,000, $2,000, $3,000, $5,000 client? Right. That is the question because that is the game of business. Yeah, you're talking about building the business from the inside out and having those systems in play. Yeah, that's great. Um, you talked earlier about like transitioning from you know sales to being a CEO, how it's like drastically different. How, what have been some of the challenges for you personally to like evolving into the CEO role and that is a big, like, most of us just get into fitness because we love it. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're skinny or fat and, you know, it's like, hey, I can make money from this. And now all of a sudden you're, you know, I'm a business owner. What was, what was some of the tough transitions for you? Getting my emotions out of the way, not taking anything personal, understanding that, you know, information is what it is and there, it's not neither good nor bad. It's just information. What do we do with it from there? Um, for me, the transition from manager or the, I would say the best way is um, individual contributor to CEO is a huge jump because as CEO, if I'm the one doing the work, then our business won't grow because I'll always be the bottleneck. And it is very, it was the hardest and still is the hardest transition in my opinion, because if someone was like, like when I was working with Alex closely, he'd be like, cool, we need to go do this. And then I would go do it. We would work together, but I would be the one to implement it. And going from that to being the one now that's like, Hey guys, we have this problem. It needs to be fixed. I can't be the one to fix it because if I am, then I will always be the bottleneck and our business won't grow. It's finding the right people. It's finding the right talent. It's empowering those individuals, mentoring those individuals to become better leaders, better individual contributors, um, and just a better part of an entire team. That is by far the hardest is that transition from individual contributor being the one that wants to do it all to being the person that has to lead all the people. And that's the hardest. Kale, tell me a bit about some of your... Um systems to train your team members? Because this is probably one of the hardest things, you know, coaching online fitness coaches when they have to make their first, second, third hire. Now everyone 
is looking for setters or a closer and like, hey, can you find me one? <laughs> like, just plant got someone, just prop someone in your company and they'll take care of it for you. Like, there's a big misconception. Like, you actually need to train these people. Like, and there's a lot of time investment. Uh, just some of the systems, processes, like some of the, you know, steps you guys have taken to like invest into your people and get them to a certain level. Cause that's like a huge, people get so easily frustrated and they just pull everything back on their shoulders. And I'm like, it's just a new skill set, but it is hard. Yeah. It's a totally new skill set. So some of the things that we do is when someone signs on, obviously before they even join, we have, and we go through the interview process, we're selling them, right? Just as much as they're selling us because we want to make sure that they feel appreciated and wanted through this process. We have um, a document we call four R's, which is roles, responsibilities, requirements, and results. Mm. And so this is part of the job description and that it's basically a job description, but it goes through everything that this person's going to need, the requirements for the role, what the role is, what their responsibilities will be, and then what is a, what does success look like? That's the results. Side. What does success in this role look like? Um, and we keep going back to that when we do this, but when we onboard them, we have a 30, 60, and 90 day onboarding plan. So we have by day 30, you should know these things. This is what success looks like. This is what day 60 looks like, day 90. And most of the time for an online, like we're fully remote, our company, we will spend, we have the first two weeks completely mapped out by the hour. And we're checking in with those individuals twice a day, in the morning and in the evening. And then they're on other meetings, they're going through curriculum, they're training, they're if they're a salesperson, they're training objection overcomes, they're training the script, they're going through it. If they're um, a manager coming in, they're meeting with other people, they're learning our processes, they're learning our tech stack, how we're using this. And then we're going back and forth. And then these two meetings that we book in the day with, it's starting the day, talking about the plan, setting the setting the plan for the day. Here's what we're going over. Do you have any questions before we get started? Great. Throughout the day, make sure as you go through any questions, write them down. And then at the end of the day, I'll answer any of those questions. And if you have anything come up during the middle of the day, just slack me, I'm available. Um, and then we make sure we have tons of touch points through that. And then past that, we make sure that we're doing weekly one-on-ones with everyone. We have every single one of our um, team members do an end-of-week report. So they they file an end-of-week report every single week. Um, and we keep track through that. We do surveys, poll surveys. We do a whole bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. I think for the biggest thing for smaller businesses is realizing that you're going to have to take all that time that you spent on your business and growing it. And you're going to have to keep doing that, but you're going to have to spend just as much time training this new person because it's reasonable to believe that it took you, cool, it took you five years to get to where you are with this knowledge. Like, it's pretty reasonable to believe that this person is not going to know that in the first two weeks or 30 days or 90 days. It's going to take a while for them to gain that type of knowledge. So your goal, your job is to be patient with them, set them up for success, and make sure that you are right there alongside them. Um, to teach them as much as you possibly can. It's very easy to get frustrated with people because it's like, don't you know this? It's like, well, you spent the last 10 years doing this, right? Yeah. How can you get frustrated with this person who just came on and is trying to learn your system? And this is stuff that I had to learn, yeah. right? Because like, for example, when my wife came on, like, I was just like, why don't you know this through osmosis, yeah. right? Like we've been together, like, right, why don't you know this? But you, we have to take our time. We have to be patient. We have to communicate clearly and we have to help. Yeah. And we have to allow them to fail. That's another big piece. Allow them to fail. Absolutely. Uh, let's wrap up with one question and hear about your event. Um, what's a better business look like instead of a, you know, a bigger business? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of way more profit, like a way more profitable business. Like I love the, the gyms that do $40,000 $40, a month. Like we have clients doing this and they're taking home $20,000 a month from that business. Like mm-hmm. I love those businesses because bigger does not mean better. Bigger just comes with bigger problems. So, and more problems. Because the bigger you get, the bigger your head count, the bigger the issues, not fun. 
But when you have a business that is has the systems in place that can operate without you and can just kick off a ton of cash flow, and a ton of cash flow is relative to everyone, right? It could be 10,000, could be 20,000, could be 50,000. But when you have that there, you you actually have created freedom for yourself. And that is that is where I think most business owners want to be. You do not want to be stuck in a million dollar a year top line business and you have to be in that business constantly with tons of headaches and you maybe pull out $100,000 from that. No, wouldn't you rather have a $50,000 a month business that gives you $25,000 a month and you also don't have to be in it as much, right? Because people chase the top line number when the thing is, is like, what does your bank account say? Like, what if we change the scoreboard from your top line in your business and your identity is there? And what if we change it to what's in your bank account? What's in your investment accounts, right? What is, where are you at spiritually? Where are you at with your family, right? Where are you at mentally? Like, let's change that. Where's your health at, right? And that is the true scoreboard. Freaking love it, man. Tell us about your event coming up. When, where, who's it for? Yeah, man. So we got GymCon coming up. Last year was an incredible event. Um, this year is going to be even better. It is May 2nd through the 4th in Orlando, Florida. It's called GymCon. We're going to have some incredible speakers there. Alex and Layla are going to be there. We've got, uh, I think, a secret speaker that we've got lined up. I'm waiting to drop who it is. That's going to be sick. Um, but really, it is a three-day intensive workshop to teach gym owners how to build a million dollar a year with profit, like with 30% or more net profits so they can take home three hundred, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 a year from their biz in three days. And we walk through everything they need from the business model, the strategies, the tactics, everything to set them up for success so they can walk away and be able to build the business of their dreams that doesn't require them to be in there all the time. And it can create the financial freedom that they set out for. Freaking love it. Gail, how can people connect with you, follow you? Awesome. So they can follow me on social media. All social media handles uh, are Kale Owen, at Kale Owen. So Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all those. Um, and then if you want to learn more about Gym Launch, you can go to gymlaunch.com. You can follow us on Instagram at gymlaunch, or you can go to, uh, I think we have gymcon2024 is our handle for gymcon. Uh, so if there's any gym owners listening, you'd love to come. Um, we'd love to have you guys. Put it all in the show notes, brother. Hey man, super happy for you, man. This has been an awesome podcast. Thanks so much for sharing. And everyone listening, if you got value from this, pay it forward. Tag somebody on your uh, social media that you know needs this or just blast it out. That'd be even better or text it to somebody. We'd appreciate that. And uh, we'll talk to you all next time. Ciao, ciao.